insurrection, obstruction, indictments, civilly liable for sexual abuse. The one man responsible for all that could be sitting in a prison cell on election day and still be elected commander-in-chief for these United States. That man is beholden to Putin, weakened NATO the last time around, and is currently tying himself to wealthy Saudi oil money. He enriched himself when government stated his properties. He campaigned on wanting to use government to go after his political rivals and wants to expand executive power. If Donald Trump is re-elected, our nation is lost. So let's roll up our sleeves, get to work, and tell the MAGA folks, no more before it's too late. I don't know how much calls we're going to get to today, but if you want to get in and if I can get to the calls, the number to call is area code 914-803-4131. That is area code 914-803-4131. You can also leave your comments at the chat on YouTube, youtube.com slash liberalbandradio. If you're watching or listening to the uh, blog talk radio stream and are in the blog talk radio chat, just hop on over to YouTube. We like to keep the chat consolidated into one. It makes things a lot easier. If you would like to support the show, uh, the best thing you could do is to like the video, subscribe to the channel, share the live stream with your friends, invite them to come join us, and also to uh, participate in other chats and other videos, like those videos, share them with your friends, etc. get the engagement up, help the algorithms, and try and help me get up to 1,000 so I can get monetized and make the show that much better. Uh, if you want to further help the show, you could always become a Liberal Dan Reddo patron. Uh, like Jolie and Aaron, the Mod Squad, and some other fine people like uh, Demonox, the, ho- the first Liberal Dan Radio patron, uh, and some other fine folks indeed, patreon.com slash liberaldan or patron, patreon.liberaldan.com. Both ways will get you there. You can also buy me a cider by going to liberaldan.com and clicking the buy me a cider button, or you can just go to buymeacoffee.com slash liberaldanradio, and you can Venmo me by scanning the Venmo code or Venmoing liberaldan. Uh, just do friends and family because you're not buying anything from me. Uh, you can also go to twitch.tv slash liberaldanradio and remember to follow me over there. Or I think it's follow over there. I'm trying to get that up to at least 50 so that when I do become monetized here, we're going to start streaming over there as well to make sure that I can get the minimum number of uh, views and everything and average number of viewers so that we can get uh, – become an affiliate over there as well and double the possible chances of uh, earning opportunities there too. Um, finally, um, social media, Liberal Day and Radio on uh, TikTok, Twitter, uh, again, Twitch, uh, YouTube, Facebook as well. Just go to all those places, follow me there on any of those ones that are being used. Shouts out to, uh, thank you, VJ Kodak for coming over, Robin, Easy e Wes, Jeff, Robin, 
who else did I leave out? Marie, thank you as well for all showing up. I'm sure we'll get there. We do have 14 viewers and only five likes, so please make sure to uh, smash that like button as you come in. And a help, great way to help the metrics and bring more people into the chat. i got a bunch of stuff I want to try and uh, tackle today. I don't know if I'm going to try go all three hours today, We're gonna, but we're going to try and get a bunch of stuff done in, in the quickest amount of time possible. I do want to one of the topics I do want to talk about is irresponsible journalism. There's the two things that I was watch, watching, one thing yesterday, one thing today, and they kind of just kind of meld together into one, you know, nice tidy bow into a show concept. But before we get into that, I just want to just spend a little bit of time talking about Jim Jordan because it's just absolutely amusing. I don't think we had a situation last time with Kevin McCarthy and his attempts to be speaker uh, he never went down. He, never, he always went like down in the number of votes that he needed. Like he always improved or he never, even if he didn't improve, he didn't like lose ground. Like the second vote around, he lost support on the second vote. That doesn't bode well for old Jim Jordan that he's losing. And the Democrats are sitting just back. Just go ahead. Y'all do you. We're going to laugh our way to the polls in the next elections because y'all have again proven that you are incapable of governing. It's not even a matter of they don't want to govern. They are incapable of doing so. Um, and everybody on the news has talked about Jim Jordan's uh, ineptitude in Congress. I don't even know if it's ineptitude either in this point. I mean, he can't. Um, but Again, he does. I don't. If, I don't think he could if he wanted to, but I don't even think he wants to, because he hasn't. He's never had a bill passed. He's never put a bill before committee. He's just there to be a shitster. He's just there to try and yell and scream and bark at the cars. And if he, as as uh, as the Joker said in one of the Batman movies, you know, he's chasing cars and. I don't think he'd ever know what to do if he actually caught one. So, and I don't know if he would actually know what to do if he actually got the speakership. It would be an absolute horror show. It would be a mess. And we would be in, in a terrible position uh, if, that, if, if, that, if that takes place. And it doesn't look like it's going to be taking place because you have at least what, 22, 21, 22 Republican congressmen who are like, nope. Uh, we aren't voting for it. I was amused at the person who suggested Boehner. Uh, that was funny. Uh, I don't, I mean, the obvious choice is to just have five or six Republicans come along and just vote for uh, a Democrat to just say, hey, or just let the Speaker Pro Tem come on in and do his job until they can make up their damn minds on who they want to lead. I'm, I don't even know why you have this position of Speaker Pro Tem. Uh, if the person can't do the job that they're supposed to do as like a temporary office holder, temporary position holder, if you're the placeholder for the speakership, if you don't have a speaker, then why even have the position? You should be able to do the job. Now, I mean, there's ways around it. Um, all you need to do is challenge the ruling of the chair. So if the chair goes, I don't believe I have the authority to do this, and then somebody could get up and say, I challenge your ability. I think you do have the authority to do this. A parliamentary could rule that it doesn't, but the, then the body can just go, 
we challenge that ruling by the parliamentarian. We believe he does have the authority to do this. And then they vote. As long as the majority says the person has the authority to do it, then he has the authority to do it. And then you can go on and do, do the things you need to do to get things done. So there are ways around it. Uh, but it would require some Republicans working with Democrats or some Democrats working with Republicans. Uh, I think it would probably be. I don't, I, don't, I don't imagine the Democrats at this point are going, to, are going to want to work with the Republicans until it comes to a point where we're have, facing a government shutdown again, uh, in which case we might, they might at least do it on a limited basis to help pass a, a non-shutdown bill. Uh, <laughs> VJ, he can't deal with responsibility or to say, I don't think he even, can he actually say accountability? Can he actually say anything? Uh, I don't know. Can he pronounce it? I mean, they're not. Donald Trump says he he loves the poorly educated, and Donald Trump has come out for him. And does this hurt Donald Trump? Like, I mean, you do have a large chunk of the party who is supporting the person who Donald Trump says he wants to be Speaker of the House, but you have enough people in the Republican Party who are like, nope, sorry, that's it's it's not not going to happen. And does that show some cracks in? Trump's ability to, to lead the party. Uh, what, what, what if, this is a big what if, what if somebody, one of the other Republican presidential candidates came along and said, look, I support, or what if, what if the other candidates formed together and said, look, we support, at least the Republican candidates who are not Trumpers, like, you know, your Mike Pence, your uh, uh, Chris Christie, they came along and said, we think this person would be a good Speaker of the House. And they got together and said, look, we, we believe that this person, your Nikki Haley, all got together and said, this person should be Speaker of the House uh, until y'all can figure out what the heck's going on. And then if that person actually became Speaker of the House, it would really weaken uh, Donald Trump's ability to, to prove that he is the leader of the party anymore. So, anywho, speaking of dogs... Um, Biden was the airplane picture was up where Biden was up on the airplane and and uh, somebody on that screen my dog did not like she was barking away and I don't know what I don't know if it was the secret service agent or the guy that was kind of peering around the corner there was at one point where it was Anthony Blinken that was kind of like half like you could see half of Anthony Blinken's face and at that point I was like well at this point is the Anthony Winken because you can only see one eye blinking back, and you know you can you can't see both of his eyes blinking. You can only see one of them. So at that point, is it Anthony Winken? Uh, if I had my little thing set up, I would go boomch, but that thing doesn't work well with the audio apparently. So we we don't use that anymore for this one. Anywho, so I was too busy trying to find the Ginger skilled call out bipartisanship. Too many GOP think it stands for good over people. Religious fanatics can't be reasoned with. That's also true. And you have a bunch of religious fanatics in the Republican Party. And used to be, um, you know, the Republican Party, at least John McCain ran on country first, but that's not what he actually ran on. That was a slogan, but it didn't run on that. It was actually party first and then country. Um, and then you have so much evangelicals ran over. It's like it used to be like it was God first then party, then country. But then Donald Trump came along, and now it's Donald Trump first, then God, then party, then country maybe, unless something else gets fit in there to fifth. Country just takes a backseat to everything else. Uh, 
So they, they can't be trusted with anything. They, and they've proven that they can't lead. They've proven they can't be trusted with any sort of power whatsoever. They abuse it. Uh, unfortunately, they have a bunch of people who don't care if the power is abused or not. A good chunk of this country doesn't care as long as the libs are owned. As long as they own the libs, it's fine by them. So, Jeff Curry, I heard it's Bowling Prevention Month, and I backed up the TV and Bully Prevention Month. <laughs> bully. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, this is Bowling Prevention Month. I don't know. My kids are in a bowling league, so that's not good for them. Hey, Cynthia, what's going on? Uh, good to see you, Jason, Rose. Uh, anybody else I haven't yet? Say hello to. Uh, thank you all very much. Still 17 viewers, 12 likes. Please remember to smash that like button. Um, I'm sh- like. Remember, share videos, subscribe to the channel as well. Trying to get to push that to 1,000 as well. So first thing I want to talk about, when it comes to irresponsible media reporting, uh, let's talk about uh, the bombing of the hospital in Gaza. And I'm going to be coming at this from the standpoint of somebody who was raised Jewish. Because... This is how Jews get harmed. This is how hatred of Jews spread. Because, you know, Israel has already done enough wrongs by itself. I mean, I I talk about on this podcast things that I disagree with Netanyahu. I, I don't like Benjamin Netanyahu. I think he's a terrible leader. I think he's corrupt. I think he's done a lot of things that only benefit him and not the nation as a whole. And so Israel doesn't need any help, uh, especially from an irresponsible media, to create false narratives about things that did not happen, especially about things that if they don't know what the truth is. Uh, and, and unfortunately, when, when Israel does things that are bad, you have a non-insignificant segment of society who will say, well, Israel equals Jews. So if Israel does something bad, that means that Jews are bad. So let's use that as an excuse to harm more Jews. And we've seen in this country now that there is increased chatter of harm that could be happening. I mean, I'm not practicing. I don't go to synagogue. uh, But if I did go to synagogue, I would be less likely to want to bring me and my family to synagogue because of the opportunity that would present itself of people who would wish to do me and my family and other people of my faith harm uh, to now go do it because people are being misled about certain things like the bombing of the hospital in Gaza. And, and when they wrongly, when the media wrongly suggests and wrongly reports that Israel has done something bad, you just put gasoline on the fire of, well, Israel equals Jews, and if Israel does something bad, the Jews are bad, so we're going to now take out our hatred on Jewish people. Um, and, and as it's said, might be cliche, but the falsehood will travel halfway around the world before the truth gets out of bed. So how do they report? How, how is the media irresponsible with this? Well, first, they flat out said in a, in, a, in a headline, one of the headlines, and I was watching this on MSNBC, and they were talking about like a New York Times headline. And the New York Times headline basically said, Israel bombs Gaza hospital reports Hamas. Now, what's wrong with that statement? What are the two things that are wrong with that statement? A, why are you trusting anything that Hamas says? 
Hamas is known to be a terrorist organization. They are not to be trusted. You cannot trust anything. Now, there are going to be people who I'm sure will watch this video who will say, well, you can't trust Israel either. I mean, fine. You can say that. You can say you can't trust any government at all. But that doesn't take away from the fact that you can't trust Hamas, period. End of story. There's, there's no what about isms there. Again, Hamas saying that Israel did something wrong isn't evidence or proof that Israel did something wrong. And as there is now evidence showing that it wasn't, in fact, Israel, that it was a rocket that was an Islamic Jihad rocket in Gaza that was launched and misfired and then went into the hospital. So you're believing Hamas when you shouldn't. Like Hamas said, we have X amount of uh, hostages. Why would I believe the number that Hamas gives? There's no reason to believe anything that Hamas says. But then you also you know, just took their word on it and just didn't go verified. Instead of maybe reporting um, explosion at hospital uh, kills, uh, kills many Palestinians, uh, investigation being done as to who is responsible for the explosion or something like that. Um, or a hospital bombed, hundreds killed, uh, it is still being yet to be determined who caused the bombing. At that point, you, you don't give anybody the opportunity to point to a headline and say, oh, Israel did it. Again, you don't want to give the anti-Semites or any bigot, for that matter, any more fuel to, that they can use to fuel their bigotry and to help fuel the bigotry of others because that's a recipe for disaster. That is a recipe for more people getting hurt, more people getting killed. Um, and Demonox, as I, I did, as I said this earlier, I don't, know if you, I don't know if you heard it or not. I don't know if, if you came in a little late or not, but I said you know, Israel has done plenty wrong by themselves. You don't have to make up anything. Israel has done wrong, especially under Benjamin Netanyahu. There, there is nothing that you have to make up about Israel. There's plenty that you can point to. Bulldozing of Palestinian homes to make room for settlements. Uh, shutting off of water and electricity for hospitals so that the innocent people who are being harmed can't get medical treatment. Or that innocent people who are being harmed because they are uh, victims of the uh, battles between uh, Hamas and Israel uh, now have to drink salt water from their pipes. You know, those are not good decisions on the part of Israel. Those are bad decisions on the part of Israel. And you can judge Israel. And those, those decisions in and of themselves are going to make lives more difficult for Jews around the world because the anti-Semites who say Zionists automatically equal Jews and Israel automatically equal Jews, even though there are clearly, if you go online, plenty of Jews who are not Zionists. There are clearly plenty of people who disagree with the actions of Israel. There are clearly plenty of Jewish people like myself who support a two-state solution, who wants Israel to get out of Gaza, get out of the West Bank, let them govern themselves, etc. You don't want to fuel the fire. And every time you have an irresponsible story like this or like many others that helps bigots fuel their bigotry, you're only giving them more... Uh, uh, you're only, making it easy, you're only making it easier for them to push their bigoted agenda, push their narrative, and you're putting more 
Jews at risk. And if there's a tale, of old as, a tale as old as time on the planet Earth, regardless of whoever you want to, whatever you want to feel like, whatever you want to say, is tale of old as time is always blame the Jews. That is something that is a, that is a world pastime. When people say that baseball is America's national pastime, while the world's pastime is blaming the Jews for everything. You don't want to give anybody any more opportunities to blame Jews for things that they didn't do, especially when there's a particular Jewish person, i.e. Benjamin Netanyahu, who is already making, it, making him uh, making plenty of bad decisions that is already putting plenty of Jews at risk for making the state of Israel look worse with every bad decision that he makes, half of which, at least, is just being done to protect his corrupt ass. So the media needs to be more responsible when it comes to how it reports that because it's just going to continue to harm people. And, and the same is true for the other side. Like when they, they report... They reported something like there was some, another article that says Palestinians say that Israel bombed the hospital. It wasn't Palestinians that said it. It's Hamas that said it. You, should, you can't equate Palestinians with Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist group. There is a large group of people who are Palestinians who are not part of Hamas. Most Palestinians are not in Hamas. Many Palestinians don't even live in the area. Many Palestinians live here. And unfortunately, there is a Palestinian child right now who was murdered by the landlord because of the hateful rhetoric that's being spread. Again, because of an irresponsible media that wants to try and equate Hamas with Palestinians, that wants to equate Muslims and terrorists and Arabs with terrorists. We, the media needs to be much more careful with how it words its headlines. They are very lazy about how they word their headlines, and they need to be much more careful because wording matters. And in the next clip that I'm about to make, we're going to go into that a little bit more detail because not only does irresponsible journalism help harm people, it also helps to continue to marginalize them and to view people as lesser and we're going to do that one in a second so before we get to that let me take a sip of water big hook uh Leisure miller put a great piece out today about Casoro's conspiracies the right wing spread of course i mean i could do it i mean every every time you hear george soros it's it's just a code word for jews same thing with when somebody says globalists or globalism. I know Demonox, I think we had a conversation the other day about, about how the anti-Semites have usurped the term globalism and globalists to uh, take that term and have it mean just Jews. So if you start talking about globalism, it's going to mean Jews. Even if you don't intend it to, that's how it's going to be taken, especially by those people who use it as a dog whistle. What's up, Trucker John? Good to see you. Hey, Diane. Um, I don't know if they say hey to kimchi yet. I don't know, but if I did, if I didn't, hello. Um, West Web, Hamas runs the government of Palestine. The police military divisions are connected, just like Central and South America. Well, I mean, yeah, they run, they run Palestine. They run Gaza, at least. They don't run the West Bank, but they run Gaza. 
and the people who live in Gaza are living under their thumb. So a demonox is just for clicks. Who cares about repercussions? My article needs clicks. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I can't get a thousand subscriptions here on YouTube is because I'm not about, I'm not going to be the person that's going to put a misleading or harmful headline simply for, simply for the clicks. Um, so yeah. Demonox, why aren't people able to separate Israel, the imperialist country, from Jewish people and Hamas from Palestine? Bigotry. That's, that's the simple answer is bigotry is why people are not able, able to do that. Plain and simple. They, they, it's either because they either are incapable of doing so because they've been in, it's been ingrained in their head from years and years and years of Jews and Zionists, Zionists of Jews, or in some cases they know and they just don't care because they know it's an easy way to do it. They know it's an easy way to, to attack Jewish people by, by doing it this way because they, they already, it's like it's their favorite song. They can sing their favorite song. It's like a bunch of white folks going to karaoke and singing Don't Stop Believing. It's, it's going to get everybody else singing, Right? The way to get everyone singing a karaoke, if you're at a nice, if you're at, if you're at a very white karaoke place and you want to get everyone singing along with you, just start doing "Don't Start Believing," and all the people are be like, "Don't stop believing," and everyone, it's going to be white people lit. Same thing is true with the racists and the bigots and the anti-Semites. All you got to do is play those, play their favorite tunes, and they'll start singing right along with you. Who'd have thought that you could equate uh, bigoted dog whistles and karaoke? That's what you get here on Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Anyway. Um, hold on to that feeling. Street lights, people. Anyway. So, don't stop. I don't think I'm under any fear of getting a copyright violation by me singing Don't Stop Believing, even though there was a, a YouTube channel that got, uh, that got a copyright strike for doing the Mission Impossible theme, and all they were doing was doing it by themselves, like going, bah, 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 bah. they were doing that, and automated software that picked it up were like, hey, you're doing our theme, copyright strike. And they were like, what the hell? All we were doing was, was doing it ourselves. We weren't even playing your music. Um, West Webb. I mean, black people can see it. It's, it's, just, it's just a term that, you know, it, it's, just, it's, it's a funny stereotype. It's, it, it's, it's one of the ways to get white people lit is to sing Don't Stop Believing. Kim, I've seen Journey twice. I think I've also seen Journey twice. And... Not with Steve Perry and not with the last guy, not with the current guy, with the uh, Steve Algeri and um, the guy before the most recent guy, I think. Um, two different, I saw it with two different singers, but not the first, not Steve Perry, not the la not the recent guy. Um, but yeah, both were good. You know, you close your eyes and it sounds like the same. Sounds like Steve Perry's there. The, um, the last the current guy that they have, I mean, you close your eyes, it just sounds like him. I mean, also, I think Steve Algari also sounds like him as well. Um, anywho. So let's, let's, I need to 
get this open before we do anything. So the next part I want to talk about is uh, how irresponsible journalism can help to marginalize people. Now, this isn't necessarily all, you know, my original idea. I mean, I'm not saying that the last part was all my original idea either, but uh, one of the people that you should follow is the account called The Consciously. Um, he does a lot of good talks for people who might not understand stuff about marginalized folks. And again, like, as with when I say things, you're not going to agree with everything I say. You might not agree with everything that he says. But he um, had a, there was some Obama tweet that he had a problem with. But there's a particular issue with how the media words how about when people die, when people die, especially violent deaths, how they word it when like you know marginalized people die versus when like white people die. And in this particular case, in one of the examples that I'm using, it, it's that whole scenario of Jewish people get the benefit of white privilege, except for when they don't. So it's like Christians get to, we'll, we'll, we'll play up to, to Jews and we'll, 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 we'll say, Hey, we love the Jewish people until they don't love the Jewish people until they want to be anti-Semitic. But Anyway, so what we have here, let's flip over to the alternate scene, is we have uh, the conscious lead, and he was, had a video about um, Obama's tweet about Israel and Palestine is a problem, but the, the part that I'm playing here is about words having means, and, and it's, he, he replayed somebody else's, I think, video. I don't know if it's a TikTok or whatever, but he was replaying somebody else's video about language and the language that's being used when it comes to uh, how they report marginalized people being killed versus other people being killed. So we're going to watch this for a few seconds and I'm not going to interrupt it or pause it. I'm going to let her have her say and then we'll talk about it. All right. Uh, all right. So that's her points. Now, I don't necessarily totally agree with the ideas being set forth on whether or not, you know, it's, it's relevant if people are equally tooled of violence, uh, simply because of the fact that, you know, just because one isn't equally tooled of violence, it doesn't necessarily mean that one isn't being or capable of violence, but it doesn't make the violence any less wrong. But that's not really the point of this of this of the of the video there the main point of the video is that how we talk about the harms and the wrongs that are that happen to people uh, is that are you really talking about it happening to people or is it just a state of being like palestinians are dead versus israelis were killed or murdered so if we flip back over here what, what's an example of this so cbs news Hundreds fear dead in Gaza hospital blast as Israeli-Palestinian officials trade accusations. So what she said here, not hundreds of Palestinians are killed in, uh, when a bomb fell on the hospital, when an explosion, when, when, when an explosion, whatever, 
Hundreds feel dead in Gaza hospital blast. So they're dead. They weren't killed. They weren't murdered. They're just feared dead. We all know that there was a missile that hit. You know, that you can report that, you know, maybe you don't know the source of the missile. That's fine. But they were killed. They're not just dead. Whereas, if you look at the reporting of, from CBS News as well, it's the same news site, site of Israeli, Israeli music festival massacre holds shocking remnants of horrific attack. So here we're talking about the bunch of the dead Israelis, but they were massacred. It was the site of the massacre, and there was a specific statement of the horrific attack. So as she was saying, the use of the language by this news site in particular clearly shows bias because Palestinians are simply dead and Israelis were massacred. That doesn't make it, it doesn't, it's not, I'm not being critical of them saying that Israelis are massacred. They were. It's correct to say that they were massacred. But you're using the passive voice to describe the Palestinian casualties as such. And, and instead of saying the Palestinians were dead, say that the Palestinians were killed. I mean, they shouldn't have been killed. It's a horrific thing that they were killed. It's terrible. It's a shame that they were killed. But say that they were killed. Use, don't use the passive voice to describe how they died. Because in do, when you do so, you're, 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 you're either consciously or unconsciously making it making a difference a differentiation between the different types of people and i know conservatives are probably going to watch his old dance being overly woke again but no words have meaning and how you use words affect cultural biases it affects how you view the world and if you constantly hear the way things are reported and this is not just an isolated incident this is not an isolated incident at all. So let's go back to Charleston, Dylan Roof, USA Today. And this is going to be two different news sources, but nine dead in shooting at Black Church in Charleston. Not nine killed. Nine black people weren't killed. Nine dead. Again, not nine killed, but nine dead. The people that were killed were black people, but USA Today reported it as nine dead. But remember what I said about how sometimes Jewish people, especially Ashkenazic Jews, get the benefit of white privilege except for when they don't? Eleven killed in synagogue massacre, subject charge of 29 counts. So again, it happened to black people. The black people are simply dead. It happened to white Jews, Ashkenazic Jews. They were killed in a massacre. The language that we use is important. And is this purposeful? I don't, I don't know if it's pers- purposeful in every part, but we should be more purposeful in the future on how we refer to people when bad things happen to them to make sure that we are not discounting or devaluing the loss of life of marginalized people as compared to the loss of life of people of privilege. And that's the point that she was making. And I a hundred percent agree with that point. And I've shown you several 
examples of that as well. Here's another one that I found. Three people dead after gunmen targeted black people. No, three people weren't killed after gunmen targeted black people. Three people dead. Again, you might think I'm being nitpicky, but I'm just saying that it is not. I'm sure you could probably go find some articles that say black people murdered, black people killed. And I want you to ignore the ones where it's like a black perpetrator on a black person. Ignore those, because in those circumstances, they're probably more worried about saying that it was the person, talking about the person who was doing the murdering versus the victims. But the point that I'm trying to make is, should be clear, is that when we word things, as we report them, and I, I could very well be guilty of this myself. I would have to go back and look and see how I talk about things. You could probably go back and find things that I've done in the past and say, oh, well, Dan, you did the same thing. And if you do, great. Point it out to me. I would love to see it because I would love to see how I can better myself and how I can better my reporting of individuals and the harm that is done to them, especially when they're marginalized people. But the media and people especially like i am trying to do this full time i am trying to get this to be off the ground and successful and everything like that but i i am not a 100% full time professional person in the media these i don't have a journalism degree these people are journalists these people should know better these people should know about writing in active voice versus passive voice these people should know how they are writing it, or their bosses should be able to edit their, their stuff. And they should, the editor should look at what the reporters write and say, oh, well, maybe why didn't you use the active voice here instead of using the passive voice? Why are you writing this way about white victims and this way about marginalized people? There needs to be a more conscious effort to have a conscience there needs to be a more conscious effort to have a conscience about these things, to be able to look at what happens to people and describe it equitably. Because when you don't do so, you help fuel the societal biases that exist. Because again, when it happens to a black person, they're just dead. When it happens to a white person, they were murdered, they were killed, something happened to them where if they're dead, it's something that perhaps you expected of them, as the language expert said. So agree, disagree, comment, put it in the comment section below. Remember to like and subscribe to the video, to the channel. Remember to like and subscribe. Like the, remember to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and have a good day. Anyway, that's not me ending my video as well. If you're new to the channel, that's how I record bits without having to make a whole new, brand new video during the whole thing. So... Um, thank you, Kim Chi. Appreciate you on, uh, on pointing that out. Um, that should be up tomorrow or the next day. I don't know if tomorrow or the next day, it depends on how much time I have tonight after the show to, uh, process that and up, get it uploaded. Um, to John McIntyre, question why a per shot person shot dead is thought less horrific than being blown up. Also, there is lack of acknowledgement of the suffering of those peripheral to the explosion. Deaths come painfully. Well, yeah, that is also true. There are d definitely victims. And that, co that also comes into place 
a lot of the times when they come, there's like a lot of times when you discuss like hate crimes and stuff like that, uh, you, you will have the situation where the reason hate crimes are hate crimes is not because of the fact that um, it's not, it's not because it's a crime to hate. It's because of the additional harm that it does to the rest of the community. Like if I attack somebody because uh, they stole my car, that's not a hate crime because the reason I attacked them was because they stole. I might hate them for stealing my car, but it's not a it's not a crime based on any of their uh, characteristics that they were born with. But if I attack somebody because they're black or because they're Jewish or because whatever, um, that is a situation where where that puts fear not just into the minds of that of that person who's attacked, is like if they if, if they don't end up dead. That person, that not just that person is put in fear of their life, but the people around them are now in fear because, oh, now there are people who are around us who are attacking people simply because they're Jewish or because they're black or because whatever. That's why hate crimes are a thing. A lot of people don't understand that. Hate crimes are a thing not because we're trying to criminalize thought, but because of the additional terrorizing effect that they have on the communities of the targeted groups. So... Anywho, RoboP, take my sandwich and I'll show you some hate. Depends what kind of sandwich you have. Why aren't you sharing your sandwich with me? Um, Kimchi, I adore your nerdy, wordy rants. I can see how you were popular with the ladies' brains. Do it every time. <laughs> Thank you, Kimchi. I appreciate you. <laughs> the women love me because I have a very large brain. Ugh. Hubs and I were looking at a house with a renter. He wanted to make sure Eric wasn't Vietnamese. That is almost a hate crime, as I can understand, brainwashing by the government. I mean, it's not necessarily a hate crime, but it is a violation of housing laws, at least. It is a violation of the laws when it comes to housing. I know that is against the that's that's against the rules. So um Robin M., when I personally make notes in my news journal, I always say people killed. And again, people should, again, people should, you know, be, be making a more conscious effort. And maybe it would take, I mean, that's, that's, I used to write letters to the editor all the time to my local newspaper. And I don't read my local newspaper much since 2004. Why? Uh, because they wrongly reported me as a Republican twice when I ran for Congress, then that is enough to piss me off, and I still hold a grudge. Someone, someone on Twitter asked, do you hold grudges? And I include, I said, there are some people to whom I hold a grudge. I should go back to that post. Like, one of the biggest grudges that I hold is to the Times-Picayune in New Orleans that wrongfully reported that I was a Republican twice when I ran for Congress. Yes, I still hold a grudge. I'm sure nobody, I'm sure nobody who... Most of the people who worked there then probably don't work there now, maybe, especially the people who were in charge of reporting that, making that decision and who, who couldn't have easily checked the Louisiana Secretary of State's website. But I absolutely still hold that grudge, 100%. I know it cost me at least one vote because that person told me that they didn't vote for me because the Times-Picayune said I was a Republican. And I was like, you could have looked at the ballot and you could have seen... Dan Zimmerman, Democrat, but, you know, wanted to report. He, he just, what, from what the newspaper said, I just believe in the big media. So, 
Anywho. All the women like Wes until he cusses us out. <laughs> Wes has charm until Wes decides to call you a witch. And then it depends on whether or not you like name calling or not. So let's let's switch. We're going to switch gears for a second. Um, before we get to the... Um, let's see. Before we get to the um, unraveling toxic masculinity, um, let's switch back over to here a second. We'll, we'll go back over here. Let's bring this one back down again. So, all right. So this is Rakita Law. And I, I, I subscribe to them. I, I follow them. He's he's an interesting character. He's mostly conservative. I, I do like to subscribe to some conservative channels because, again, I like to know what the other side is saying. Although when it comes to issues of law, uh, I do find that sometimes or many times he, he gives a correct view of the law. And I think a lot of the times he will have a more libertarian take and not necessarily fall for the standard line that conservatives take. And as such, uh, it's, it's a much more palatable conservative channel to watch. But in reality, the only time I really watch the channel is like after I do this show, like I'll put it up in the background while I'm like putting together my videos and uploading them to YouTube to, so that we go live the next day. So in this particular case, uh, he is talking about Donald Trump's gag order. And one of the, he was complaining that the, he said some comments about the gag order doesn't allow Donald Trump to criticize the DOJ. Well, I mean, I don't pay. For, I don't. I don't. I don't pay for one of his memberships. I'm not a paid member. Um, I am not going to pay for a super chat. Uh, I'm not that interested in having in giving this dude money. I mean, clearly, you know, as you can see, he at least has one super chat, and that super chat, I think, is. I think that's at least a fifty-dollar one. I want to say. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think the red ones are, are kind of high. Um, and I think you, I think behind my Venmo one, I think there's at least a $20 one as well. So point is, is that I, I made a point to, to make a comment, not expecting him at all, especially considering the fact that as you can see, he's been imbibing, uh, during the show and he, he tends to like to drink during the show. And I think this is towards the, this is definitely towards the end of the show because it's at about one hour and 10 minutes out of one hour and 26 minutes before he then goes over to rumble. If that tells you anything. Uh, but here, here is, uh, here, here's the point where I think he gets to seeing what I have to say. Because you're the most, this is the uninformed you I've seen you been. And, and I was like, Oh, he mentioned my name. Like it was a little bit after I actually said the words, but I was like, he actually mentioned my name. Look at that. So
No, because presidential immunity only applies to issues that pertain to your job as president. Uh, His campaign has nothing to do with his job as president. His campaign is extra presidential. He has no authority as president in the the job of running elections. Elections are a state-run thing. Elections are run at the state level. He has no authority over presidential elections. Now, he may be able to, via the Justice Department, be able to investigate election crimes at the federal level. That's fine, but that's the Justice Department's authority. He is the de facto head of the Justice Department, but we technically have typically had a tradition, at least before Trump, where we weren't supposed to have a commander-in-chief that is, you know, overseeing every single thing that the Justice Department is doing. We're supposed to have an independent Justice Department that goes out and investigates the crimes that are being done, which is why Joe Biden never fired the uh, federal attorney who was looking into his own son. It is why Joe Biden and um, Garland uh, didn't, uh, you know, so a special prosecutor to look into this case. Jack Smith, Jack Smith was hired to look into this case because they didn't want it to look as if they were doing anything where they wanted as if he was doing anything where it was hinky so to speak. So no, he, he has no business at a presidential level looking into this. It has nothing to do with his job as a candidate. Absolutely, he, ha- he might have every sort of ability and desire to want to make sure that the election that he took part in was run fairly and, and responsibly and that he wasn't ripped off or whatever. And he can take the advice of attorneys, no matter how poor of advice that his attorneys might give him, but because it's not part of his job as president, he can't claim presidential immunity for it. And the fact that you can't see that is evidence of your bias. Let's continue. Hold on. Bill P says, Hey, Dan, read my post. Uh, He needs, which one? The one he says he needs a nipple on that glass. Uh, Trump's lawyer didn't have a D.C. law license. The court notified John Law to license up today. Hilarious. Um, so which one? Was it the law license or the nipple? <laughs> uh, hey, Gibson Media, what's going on? Remember, behave in chat. I'm not going to be able to watch you. Behave. And this is a reminder to everybody when you when you say something about anything a point that is anybody's making address the point being made not the person making it the mods are the mods already know this too and have full authority to act let's continue well yeah he can criticize the doj under the order because you were incorrectly saying that he couldn't criticize the doj under order and he can't criticize Jack Smith anymore because he's not allowed to do things that are going to bias the jury. You're not allowed to bias the jury. And by the way, I love the fact that he's mentioning my name multiple times because like every time he's mentioning my name, like, Ooh, that's more possible people that might be, you know, interested in coming to my channel necessarily, not necessarily people that agree with me, but that might get more hits. 
Maybe it's the alcohol talking that's getting them to do that. I don't know. But, hey, I'm not one to begrudge somebody who drinks. I've drunk. I, I did a drunk live stream on Twitch. I may have had a drink once or twice while doing the political podcast as well. You never know. But I don't understand. I understand a lot. Many lawyers have told me that I have a great understanding of the law for a layperson, but let's continue. Okay, any gag, and this is the, at this point, I basically said, what about, I think I had asked him in the chat, well, what about anybody else getting a gag order? Because it's not just, it shouldn't just be a gag on Donald Trump that should be a tyranny. If you believe that a gag on Donald Trump is a tyranny, but yet you don't believe that gags on anybody else are a tyranny, then you would be a hypocrite. And I think he does address that at some point, but it doesn't make him any, any more correct. And he can do political speech. The gag order does not prevent him from political speech. The, the gag order does not prevent him from speaking about the politicization overall of the Justice Department the, that he feels is happening, even though it hasn't. And even though he campaigned on politicizing the Justice Department back in 2016 when he kept on chanting locker up when it came to Hillary and how she, he was alleging that she mishandled classified documents, even though at the time it, it would have only been a misdemeanor. That's why he changed the laws, and then he mishandled classified documents after he changed the laws like a moron. He's allowed to uh, attack his political opponents like Pence. You know, even though Pence can come in and be called as a witness, he's still allowed to, to, to make attacks against Pence because Pence is a political opponent. So she was, she was a very narrow gag order. I mean, I understand Trump might, under, might not understand a lot about gagging because he may not have caused anybody to gag in certain ways, at least. But, I mean, just seeing him might cause, you know, people to just, but you know what I'm saying. Let's continue. Well, I mean, a traffic ticket isn't a uh, criminal thing. It is a it is a moving violation, which more of a more of a civil type of a penalty, unless unless you've gone way above, you know, like five ten miles over the limit, at which pace, at which point some criminal statutes might be triggered, where where but it's not necessarily criminal, like for going like five ten miles over the limit, uh, but you know, and and you normally for traffic tickets you don't get you know, jury trials, you don't have the option for a jury trial on a traffic ticket. And normally you're not going to have the situation where you're going to be having this, where you're going to have to have it make a public spectacle about how you're being railroaded. Like Donald Trump was talking today about how he's being railroaded. I've been working on the railroad all the live long day. I've been working on the railroad just to pass the time away. Somebody said, liberal band knows all about gags. I love how they love to fantasize about the other side sexually when they have to make a point. Instead of, you know, actually addressing points, they have to, you know, fantasize, have their sexual fantasies about it. 
say, at least he was consistent. It doesn't matter the person, it doesn't matter the counsel. Fine. So at least he's being consistent when he's being wrong. Fine. Well, the federal court system isn't necessarily transparent because not everybody gets to watch because the federal court system doesn't have cameras in it. But so we can't watch, and that should change. But that that's not necessarily relevant to this point. All right, so there you go. Um, here's the deal. I love freedom. I love liberty. I love the ideas that this uh, nation were supposed to be founded on, despite the fact that the founders who created this country founded uh, had other ideals that weren't necessarily as perfect and wonderful, and I wish they would have applied them as equally across the board as you claim the, uh, the rights uh, that people have in court should be as equally uh, brought as well. Uh, Donald Trump is being treated with kid gloves. Anybody else in this country who is doing the same things that Donald Trump has done would have already been, been incarcerated in jail. They would have been sitting in jail. They would have been locked up. They would have, been, they would have had a much worse gag order placed on them. The only reason that Donald Trump is, had such a narrow gag order placed on him is because he decided to run for president so early and because he's running for president uh, that, that, that is the, one of the main reasons he decided to announce that he ran for president so early is because he knew that he could make the argument that any attempts to shut him up, especially with judicial gag orders, because he knew all these things were coming, that, that they, he would be able to use that as an argument against this so-called corrupt system of justice that's going after him, even though he's getting, he's getting treated much lighter and much easier than anybody else in the same predicament would have been treated, Period. And no, I don't believe the Founding Fathers would have wanted him to be able to make a mockery of the judicial system. I don't believe the Founding Fathers would believe that, that anybody who was charged of a crime should be able to bias the juries in such a way, that they should be able to do what he is attempting to do in trying to make it so that it's impossible for him to get an impartial, impartial jury. We're supposed to have impartial juries for a reason. We're supposed to have unbiased juries for a reason. He's not supposed to be able to get out there and twist the rules. Yes, we're supposed to have like a press. We're supposed to have the ability to speak about things, you know, after the fact. You know, we're supposed to be able to have the freedom of speech. To be able to, the freedom of speech is not unlimited either. We all know that. Supreme Court precedent knows that. And it's, it's been upheld repeatedly that gag orders on people 
uh, to prevent them from uh, poisoning the well when it comes to their jury trials and, and to make it impossible for them to be able to get uh, impartial juries so we can get a fair and balanced ruling on the case are perfectly fine. He's getting off easy with his gag order. I'm surprised he hasn't been locked up already, but the reason he probably hasn't been locked up already is because the judges are probably afraid that if they do lock him up for anything short of a, a major violation, and, and, and they're just letting him get away with minor violations at this point, is because they're afraid of what's going to happen, that there are people that's going to cause violence to take place. And Trump knows that. And I'm sure Donald Trump's attorneys would rather him shut the hell up. They probably advised him in private, shut the hell up. You are doing yourself a disservice by continuing to babble on like this, but he won't. It's impossible. He can't do it because he needs to continue to talk. He needs to continue to talk. He needs to continue to to shout out and lash out and attack people because that's all he knows how to do. And the judge has a responsibility to make sure that this trial is well handled and that means making sure that in this case that the jury that's going to eventually be seated has the possibility of being impartial and and won't be biased and also make sure that the individuals that are working for the court and that are working for the prosecution directly can be free to do their jobs without harassment or fear of threats of harm or violence because that's part of their jobs. That's part of the requirements of the system of justice is that the the people who are doing the prosecution need to be able to do their jobs without fear of repercussions, without fear of people coming after them. And if Donald Trump continuously spread things about them that are false, like he talked about the clerk in New York and supposedly how he was, how she was the girlfriend of Chuck Schumer, which was a lie. And that was gagged. That was forced to be taken down off of Truth Social. Now, if, if he's allowed to, if he's allowed to continuously lie and spread falsehoods about those people and incite his followers to to do things like acts of violence against the individuals who are trying to prosecute him, that is not allowing for a, a, a fair and impartial trial. The prosecution needs to be allowed to do their job. And if Donald Trump is trying to circumvent that by what he's saying, then Donald Trump needs to be prevented from saying those things. And again, he has been treated with kid gloves. Anybody else in this situation would have been had a, had a much harsher gag order, would have been much more restricted, and or may have already been put in jail. But he's getting special treatment because he's a former president, because he's rich, and because he's running for president again. So no, I understand what this country was founded on. I understand the ideals that which you spoke of. I understand all of that. What you don't understand is the importance of... of a trial being held and it having and the the requirements of the prosecution to be able to do their job, the requirements of the courts to be able to do their job, and the the importance of preventing anybody from participate who's participating in that trial to not circumvent those abilities. 
because you can't do that. That's not protected speech to say and do things that's going to cause your trial to have to get thrown out or, or to cause people to be afraid to just do their jobs because all they're doing is doing their jobs. And again, back to the whole presidential immunity thing, again, that's a BS argument. It's not part of his job. He does not have the ability to claim immunity on things having to do with him getting elected because him getting elected is not part of his job as president. Him getting elected is part of his job, part of his thing as a private citizen. Has nothing to do with his job as in the office of president. He gets presidential immunity when, dis- when discussing things with foreign leaders. He gets presidential immunity if he's debating things uh, in private with members of Congress. He gets presidential immunity uh, when discussing any matters of state. He's talking to a governor. He's having a meeting with his vice president. He doesn't get presidential immunity when discussing political items pertaining to his election. And if you think he does, maybe you should go back to your law school and get a refund. Because clearly, they failed you. Dum, dum, dum. Anywho, let's scroll through the chat. Saying you never heard of Long Island iced by saying you never heard of a Long Island iced tea. What? Who's never heard of a Long Island iced tea? What? What? Who has never heard of a Long Island iced tea? That's crazy. So what did I miss? This guy is a moron. Uh, either that or he was drunk. Let's see, hang off to it. Dan would have a megaphone as big as the criminal party and Dan didn't follow a judge's instructions in a criminal case. A judge would issue a gag order against him during a trial. Exactly. Um, y'all don't read the guy's chat. Yeah, the guy's chat's pretty terrible, but I left it up there purposely just to see how bad the guy's chat was. Just, I mean, I didn't, I didn't say anything about the guy's chat specifically, but the guy's chat was pretty darn terrible. And I just, I left it there purposely just so you could see how bad the guy's chat was. I mean, I did mention one thing about the whole, you know, Dan knows about gags, <laughs> you know, that thing about that. But, you know, hey, wait, sorry, hold on. I, uh, I'm stealing Donald Trump's thunder. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. People side of the preconceptions every day to send a jury. I find the idea that they couldn't get a fair trial to be a fair. I mean, it's more about the idea that the the fair the the issue of the fair trial and the issue of the trial being fair is not about necessarily him getting a fair trial, but more about the trial being fair in that. The government has to be able to put on their case, and he can't use his power with his megaphone and his, his voice and his power that he has on social media to be able to say all these things about the persons who are working the prosecution and or the persons who are working for the court to be able to corrupt the process. That's the point. I'm, that's more of the point that I'm making, that if you're corrupting the process in such a way that that it's impossible for the trial to be held, then you're, you're, you're poisoning the well 
and make you know if you if you make it so that people are afraid to go to work as for the prosecution, then the prosecution can't do their job, and then then the case does the case get dropped at that point if the prosecution can't find the people to do the work for the job. So, um, oh, you were you were you were having a conversation with Aquatic. Um, the point about the impartial juries, there were people in one of the trials, I want to say, that I think it was on, was it Rudy's trial or one of the other trials, one of the MAGA folks were on trial where there was a juror and the juror was definitely a MAGA person and the, and they knew that the juror was a MAGA person and that person still voted guilty because when when actually presented with the evidence, the person was like, well, this person clearly violated the law. So it is possible for people who have disagreements. Like, let's take, for example, the Michael Jackson trial when he was on trial civilly for abusing the, the two boys. I think it was one boy or two boys. I don't know. They brought the case against Michael Jackson. And everybody in the world, well, many people in the world believed that Michael Jackson molested kids, right? At the end of the day, in that trial, they did not find for the plaintiffs. And the four, the jury four person or whatever said, I think when they interviewed afterwards, was basically like, we had no doubt in our minds that Michael Jackson has molested kids. We also have no doubt in our minds that he did not molest this one. <clears throat> so it is absolutely possible to have a jury that believes you to be a criminal and still rule in your favor. I mean, I think I would like to think that I could do that. I'm pretty certain that I would be able to do that. And I would use the Michael Jackson trial as a, uh, that Michael Jackson example as an example of that. You can absolutely do that, that you can, that, that I would sit there if, if I was sitting on it. I mean, I probably would immediately get thrown off of any jury for a Donald Trump trial simply because of the fact that I'm liberal, damn. Uh, but other than that, if people, did you vote for Donald Trump? No, I would never vote for Donald Trump ever in a million years. I think it's horrible fascist, uh, whatever. Um, could you vote for, could you, if it was determined, you know, I, I believe in the system of justice. I believe the prosecution has the burden of proof. Uh, to prove to rule prove their case, um, I may or may not get to you, caller. It depends. Uh, I have a couple of other things that I want to react to, and then um, potentially I'm I'm trying to get off the show sooner. So I, I, if I can get to you, I will, but I don't know if I'll get to you today. So I'm sorry. I think that's Khalil, but um, I'm just letting you know that today might not be a, a call day. Um, Pepperidge Farm remembers, yes. Uh, remember when Donald Trump bought full-page advertisement in every New York City paper calling for the execution of the Sun Park Five during the week before the jury selection, completely tainting the jury? Um, I thought, didn't he take the two-page article out afterwards? 
But remember, here's the thing to remember also. Even if it was afterwards, I know it's not you, Wes. Um, it's not your area code. Um, another thing to remember, though, is that even if that five that two-page article was taken out about the Central Park Five, even if that was before the case, here's the thing. Donald Trump's white guy. Donald Trump has a much better opportunity to get a fair trial than any of the Central Park Five would have. Put it that way. I'm pretty sure we can we can search that real quick before I look at the next thing. Um, Donald Trump two page article Central Park five. Do, 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 do. Uh, his article, Bring Back the Death Penalty of Big Mac Police, like the rest of the series, he had is taken from the real story of the Central Park Jogger case, rape and beating of Jogger Trisha Amelia in 1989, and the consequence of the Central Park Five. Uh, do, 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 do. Trump at the time was a real estate developer, was the first to draw attention to the case. Um, do, 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 okay, Trump's ad which ran in the local papers two weeks after the incident. Okay, so you're right. The, the trial took place afterwards. Um, uh, Michael Warren, member of Central Park. Five legal team argued the Guardian that Trump poisoned the minds of many people who lived in the New York, New York, who rightfully and naturally affinity for the victim. Do 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 do. Uh, so jury is convicted the five. Uh, December twenty two thousand two, the convictions were vacated after a man named Matthias Reyes, whose DNA matched the evidence, confessed to having been responsible. Yeah, that's, you're right. You're right. I was wrong. A little bit. And no, he never would apologize for it either. But again, that was also well before social media. So you have a lot more information that's out there about a lot of different people. Um, so, um, but again, they were five black dudes and Donald Trump had a lot of money to spend and put it in the middle of the paper. And that's the only way that people got the ability to, to see their paper. Whereas now you have people with the ability to spread lots of information about it and counteract information, even though, as I said earlier, the, the falsehoods spread uh, halfway around the world before the truth gets out of bed. Um, uh, they, um, they were coerced into confessing for it, I guess. I think some of them were coerced into confessing to it, but I mean, coerced confessions happen uh, because um, people, for many of various reasons, I'm not a criminal law expert, but there's many, I think there is a documentary series on that, go, that goes into the entire case and again, goes into and might go into why coerced confessions are or happen and why they, why people eventually might under the situation that they're in might just go ahead and confess because they want to get it over with or whatever. But anywho, they were, they were not acquitted. Their sentences were vacated after somebody else 
had DNA evidence matching the crime, and as such, uh, the person admitted to doing it, and as such, they had their sentences vacated, and then they were they were um, they were shown to have been not guilty. And of course, Donald Trump never apologized. Donald Trump will never apologize for anything. It's 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 a it's a it's a cardinal sin or a venial sin for any conservative to uh, to apologize for anything to anybody except for the good Lord Jesus Christ. Anywho, um, I wanted to get to a couple of these because I found a couple of good ones earlier today that I wanted to respond to, and they're not shorts. I don't know how many I will get to today, um, but I did want to get to a couple of these toxic masculinity ones simply because of the fact that um, they bring up some stuff that I think the second one, the second one and the third one are both doozies. So we're gonna let's skip the first one. We're gonna go directly to the second one, um, because oof, come on. There we go. Let's turn off the volume for a second so we don't get commercial ads playing or whatever. But this one's a, a, a doozy. This one is a big doozy right there. So, on my podcast, on coming to terms, not coming to terms, on the unraveling toxic uh, masculinity, we have discussed many, many shorts and other videos from the Fresh and Fit podcast. We've not yet done this guy. We've not yet done Steven Crowder. But Steven Crowder has the Fresh and Fit guys on his show. So not only do we get the Fresh and Fit morons, we get Steven Crowder too. So this should be a doozy. Let's see, was it? Pee Wee Herman pled guilty to avoid the public scrutiny. Cops raided his house, took computers, thousands of magazines, found several images depicting uh, minors in adult situations. Blah, blah, blah. Nothing they found was a computer, only a few images in vintage magazines, cartoons from the 30s that were so-called dirty humor. Yep. And, and the only reason that, that Pee Wee Herman or Paul Rubens was found, was, was had his theater raided in the first place, and people didn't talk about it. Everybody, a lot of people thought that Paul Rubens was just in a regular old movie theater, just spanking it. No, he was not in a regular old movie theater, just a spanking it. He was in a porn theater where everyone was spanking it. So what's up, TV2 TV Live? So, anywho. Um, yeah, I got through it. Exactly. No sleep, food for 36 hours, and they pointed the guilt on one of each other. Exactly. You, 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 make somebody not sleep for 36 hours and, and they're going to be delusional and they're going to, they're going to insist on things that happened that didn't happen either. So let's at least do this one. We're going to at least do this one and probably save the other two for Monday. Um, again, Rose, I would just ask you, as I said earlier, address the commentary, address the comments of the people. Let's not address 
the people themselves. Let's let's not let's not insult the people who are in the chat. Let's just let's just talk about the comments that are being made. Let's 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 elevate the chats to a to a higher level. Um, it's a big hug to Justin System is F. Most who can't afford a lawyer get the plea deal and ruin their lives because you're guilty unless you can't afford to prove innocent. That and that happens a lot in New Orleans. Let me tell you. There's a big documentary about that as well. Um, anywho, so let's go ahead. Start recording. Welcome back to another episode of Unraveling Toxic Masculinity. And this one, we have Steven Crowder along with the Fresh and Fit guys talking about some various issues and uh, they're talking about Brittany Renner and some other things and we're going to have a listen and react to it as they go. So let's start and hear what they have to say, shall we? Well, here, here's right off the bat, he's starting with confusing causation and correlation, right? He's blaming all of these things for marriage rates going down, dating rates going down, divorce rates going up, you know, and, and, it's, and it's just causation versus correlation. I mean, maybe the reason is it's not necessarily because of like, you know, birth control because of this, but maybe it's because, you know, these, these women have more opportunities to be able to see that there's more out of life than being submissive little housewives and they don't have to settle for subpar individuals like somebody who would yell at their wives for not feeding their dogs, despite the fact that uh, the, the medicine that you have to give their dogs might be harmful during their pregnancy. Wink, wink, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, no. Bridal companies are going out of business. What will we ever do? You can't go buy a dress at at all the stores. Yeah, we'll fit it into a one day and we'll blow up afterwards now that I got the ring. Not, no, nothing misogynistic there. Don't pay, pay, atten- pay no attention to the misogynist behind the curtain. <sighs> Ooh, good for you. Doesn't you, you, You're not being married, but you can still wear your tux. Good for you. Ooh, TikTok is pushing women to be independent. How terrible of them. I mean, I know Hal hates TikTok, but, you know, ooh, such a bad thing. Pushing people that they can be independent. Horrible. Men are becoming less like men. Maybe we're just destroying the idea of what men should be like, and that's a good thing, too, because what men used to be like was horrible 
and now we're growing as a society and and eliminating those toxic attributes of what we used to believe that men were supposed to be like. And that's a good thing, except for these clowns. Oh, we can't even see home dude's face. I guess I'll, I guess I'll uh, eliminate my Venmo thing. There you go. You can now see his face. TikTok killed your family. Feminism, birth control, sex without consequence, divorce. Like, there's lots of things in between there that, that, you know, again, yeah, we get feminism. The medical technology leads to birth control. And, and the, first, the first ruling for birth control, Griswold v. Connecticut, had nothing to do with single women. It had everything to do with married couples wanting to prevent the number of children because they couldn't – they didn't want to have 17 children. They didn't want to be like the Duggars, even though they didn't know who the Duggars were at the time. They didn't want to have loads and loads of children. They didn't want to, they didn't want to turn their wives into breeding cattle. They wanted to limit the amount of kids that they have. So let's have our two kids, our two and a half kids or whatever, and then let's be able to take a pill so we can prevent the kids without having to deal with surgery, right? But then we had the other ruling that did allow for birth control to be legal for everybody. And it's not birth control doesn't cause sex without consequence. You can still get pregnant if you use the birth control pill incorrectly. You can still get an STI if you only use birth control as your only contraceptive method. Uh, there, there are consequences that can take place. I mean, there are other pills that can cure other things that might take place, but still there's not consequences, but they believe that the consequence of sex should be babies and they only think that and they think that the women should have babies for their husbands and then be stuck because but because they can't keep women any other way yet they're so-called alpha men because because they supposedly bring so much to the table but the only way they can keep a woman is by making sure they're pregnant and have no other options does that make sense to you? doesn't make sense to me at all. You know, I'm not married since 2007 because I keep a tight leash on my wife. I mean, if that happened, it would be in a consensual situation, and y'all don't need to know about that. But no, it's not because I don't trust her. It's because we trust each other. But they don't understand that. They don't understand the idea of partnerships and equals. They, they don't understand the idea of that in order to have a real relationship, in order to have a real trusting and loving relationship, both people have to be free to be able to leave. If, if the person is not free to leave, then it's not really a relationship. It's a captivity. They got to it. TikTok didn't create casual sex, clearly. Compounding the issue. Oh no, women have more options now. The horror. That 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 scares people like this. They don't want women to have options. Women having options terrifies them. Because when a woman has options, they realize I don't have to settle for this BS. Women make a terrible mistake that they can't live without me. 
Um, no, there are plenty of women who understand that there are F boys and then there's relationship material. Some people might confuse it. Some people might get confused. Oh, he likes me. So therefore, whatever. And there's some, maybe some immaturity there when it comes to relationship stuff. And, and some people learn some things the hard way and that's fine too. But the idea that all women are confusing an F boy with a, with, with a pos- someone who is a possibility of a relationship, that's ridiculous. There are plenty of people who understand that some people are just people you have fun with and some people are just pe- are people that you foster relationships with, and that's fine. The people that he brings on the show are people that are probably handpicked to not be able to challenge it. It's like... He, they do the same thing for the most part, except for the one OnlyFans lawyer that they bring on that constantly owns them. Um, they do the same thing that Steven Crowder does. Steven Crowder will only interview people or only air the interviews of people that he, he knows he can own or he knows, like he'll find the dumb ones and he'll interview the dumb ones or interview the ones that, oh, I didn't realize that. And be like, okay, well, I've proved my point to you, therefore I'm going to show this, or I've made you stutter or stumble or whatever, so I'm going to make myself seem intellectually superior to I doubt that Steven Crowder has ever aired any situation where he had somebody completely own them in a debate and then aired it to be intellectually honest. He's probably never had a situation where he had, a, he had somebody on a show and, and where he made a, he made a point. And then somebody on the on the on his chat said, "No, you're wrong." And then he went and looked it up and was like, "You know, oh, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I apologize." Just like I did earlier in the show. Three thousand girls, not women, but girls. Again, retards the strippers. You know, obviously. Automatically, if you use that word to describe people in a negative way, you automatically drop 50%. Now, him dropping at least 50% is already, he's already down here. So it's not much of a drop anymore because he's Myron from Fresh and Fit. He's terrible. But again, it just makes it that much worse. She has to go a bunch of guys in her DMs. This is this is going to use their logic against them. She has a bunch of guys in their DMs. That means that she's high value. They want to claim that they're high value men and that a high value woman is somebody who is like 18 years old and meets their their idea of beauty or whatever. No, a high value woman would be somebody who's in high demand, right? Whether it be physically or intellectually or whatever, like. If somebody wants, if somebody has a lot of people who wants to date them, that person would be seen as high value in their eyes, at least, right? So why are you begrudging that person for having all these people who want to be with that person? Seems to me that 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 person is playing your game and probably better at it than you. And what's wrong with that? If these people are suckers, and if, if she's if, if if these people are being used for whatever they can give her, and she's able to 
whatever. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to go and have fun with these guys, and they're going to buy me gifts, and they're going to take me on trips, and she enjoys it, and everybody consents. What's the problem? And what's wrong with having a, a Chad or Tyrone, or I'm, I'm surprised they didn't use some other names that could be stereotypical for other ethnicities or, or races, because, you know, why not throw in more? But what's wrong with getting her back loan out? Again, as long as everyone consents, what's the problem? Well, here's the problem. Here's why they have to shame that again. And I'll, I'll probably say this in about half these videos. The reason they have to shame that is because if they don't want women to have sexual experience, because if a woman has sexual experience before they get to them, then they, have, then they might realize that their three-pump chumpness is not going to be enough to satisfy them, and they're not going to want to stay. If they're virgins and don't know any better about sex and think that what they bring to the table is good sex, then they're not going to know any better. They want them to be ignorant about sex. My opinion, people should be out there enjoying themselves as much as they want to, have as much fun as they want to. And maybe, maybe you don't want to have more than 10 partners or whatever. That's fine. Whatever you want to do as an individual. But I'm, if, if, you're, if you're a woman and you're go, go, age 25 and your number is 10 or 15 or whatever it ends up being, it's not, a, it's not my business. B, you know, so what? Why would I feel threatened because you had fun in the past? The only way that I would feel threatened by that is if I somehow felt that I was inept in the bedroom and that I couldn't compare to what these other dudes did. The only reason I would want you to have sexual inexperience because I would want to either be, I was either inept or lazy. And I would want to either be an inept lover or in a lazy lover. I wouldn't want to improve my ineptness or stop being lazy. Uh, oh, my God. Ridiculous. I'm probably going to have to edit that part out. I'll probably just edit that entire chunk out because, you. that's just gross. Let's continue. The numbers. Let's talk about the numbers and their inability to actually address the numbers properly. Let, let's see what their numbers say. Women control access to sex because, as I said, men are sluts, right? If men weren't just constantly throwing themselves at women all the damn time, like, you know, I guess on Twitter, like constantly swiping, 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 swiping on every single thing that moves, constantly hitting on every single single thing that this thing that moved. If they didn't constantly, continually just try all the time to just try and hump every single thing possible, then it wouldn't be women controlling sex. You know, when men control, if, if, if somebody is a guy who is desired, but who doesn't throw himself at everybody, you know who's going to control sex? That guy, because that guy is going to have people wanting to be with him because he's not constantly throwing himself out there. But it's fine if, as long as you're respectful about it, whatever. I mean, don't harass people about it, but the reason is 
that they view women as controlling all the sex is because the men are the ones who are just constantly throwing their, their wieners out like a like it's a Mardi Gras parade and you're on a float and you're throwing Mardi Gras breeds and like here's here's my wiener, here's a wiener, here's a wiener. Oprah. They're trying to be Oprah with their dick. Yes, Cynthia, they're playing the numbers game. Uh, they're trying to uh, they're trying to just the shotgun approach. Just after a hundred propositions, maybe one will say yes. But again, th- and then they complain. They try the numbers game. They ask a hundred people and hoping one will say yes, and then they'll complain about the ninety-nine that said no. Women control them. Well, maybe if you didn't act like such a slut, dude, maybe maybe you might have more control over 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 everything. Bunch of slutty dudes. Uh, Dan, if you were a musician, you would utterly control sex. Maybe. Maybe if I was a big successful podcaster, I would utterly control sex too. You never know. Oh, he, he, I didn't even remember him talking about that. Exactly. Men swipe right all the time. Why? Because they're constantly... That's why women control it. Because men are constantly swiping, swiping, swiping. Well, no crap. What was Tinder made for? Tinder was made for hooking up. Surprise, surprise. I'm into fitness. Fitness pizza in my mouth. But anyway, body count. The re, the re, we shouldn't even be talking about body count. It's ridiculous. I mean, either we shouldn't be talking about about body count, or we shouldn't be shaming people about body count. One or the other. I mean, I, my usually comment is, we should be ignoring body count unless body count is your kink. Then enjoy it. Whatever. I mean, I don't know how old this person was, but I mean, 35 honestly doesn't seem like, I mean, depending how old she is, 35 doesn't seem to be like a really that high of a number anyway. I mean, I'm, these guys would probably call her a big old slut, but so 35, who cares? I mean, what's the difference if you have like, like a relationship, like every couple of months for like, let's see, let's see if you have a relationship every four months or whatever. For, that's you know, or three months. That's four a year times you know, nine years. That's thirty-six. Let's say you start at sixteen, start in high school, go to twenty-five. You could easily hit thirty-six and have like and be like a serial monogamist, like dating everybody once every four months or something. It's not a big deal. And then let's let's say you had the same amount of sex with one person, or or, or like, let's say you only had five relationships at the same time period, but the same amount of sex. What's the big deal? You don't have to wear those. It's not like a scarlet letter, but sure. I mean, sometimes you hook up with somebody, and I don't I don't think personally speaking, when I was single, 
I don't think I ever purposefully had a one night stand. Like if I like you enough to have sex with you and, and, it, and we, we enjoy ourselves, like I'll probably want to have sex with you again. Uh, but there are certain circumstances where I did only sleep with people once for various reason, reasons, either like there was somebody who was like New Year's Eve or something. And she ended up, she was leaving town the next week and going back to Canada. Nothing I could do. Um, somebody else, it was, uh, uh, she was single, but then she, a week later, she got back with her boyfriend. Nothing I can do. I'm, I don't feel like clicking over to things, so it is what it is. But, I mean, so what? So Some, some of them were one-nighters or one-shot deals. Who cares? Dating discussions with incels. Next on YouTube. I mean, that's that's probably a good quarter of YouTube at this point, at least. That's what YouTube has decided that they want to show me, at least. It's funny that she brought up quarterly. I said once every – I said quarterly. That's funny. Okay, notice the assumption here that she's bad in bed because she's only had them one time. Now, remember what I said. I said that if I sleep with somebody and I, and, and I, like, if I like you enough to sleep with you and I sleep with you once and we have a good time, I'm probably going to want to sleep with you again, right? Does that mean that if I don't satisfy the other person, are they going to want to sleep with me again? Maybe the other dude sucked in bed. Maybe they were inept, and she was like, I have no interest in, in doing this person again. Right? Why did they automatically make the, make, the, make the assumption that it was her that was bad in bed? Maybe they were bad in bed. Or maybe they were the stereotypical, I'm going to hit it and quit it guy, no matter how, like just a guy looking for a notch in his, in his whatever, in his headboard or whatever. He's just going to go and he's going to hook up with her and it doesn't matter about seeing her again. And as long as he got her once, it's cool. It's fine. No need to do it ever again. She could have been the best lay possible. And then he doesn't care because he has that in her in his bank bank or whatever. And he's just going to move on. It could have been wonderful. It could have been great sex. Again, this is the limited mindset of a Steven Crowder. All right. Again, she is the problem according to Steven Crowder. Again, they're assuming she never said that they never came back. She just said that there was there was half of them were one timers. Didn't mean that they didn't come back. Maybe she didn't come back. Maybe they were three pump chumps. And she was like, That was not good. I'm not coming back for that. Right. And also the people either have chemistry with each other or they don't. And maybe they weren't maybe they didn't mesh well. Maybe they didn't do the things that she likes. Maybe they refuse to do the things that she likes. Maybe, maybe just wasn't good fit for her. Did she have a smile on her face? Again, they are so just self-absorbed. 
all about them. Like they, they don't, that, that's the thing. That's the problem with these alpha male incel types or the alpha males who, who want incel audience types is because they're just assuming that they don't have to care about how the woman feels sexually. All they care about is how the dudes feel. So the dudes must not have liked it. That's why they left. That's why they didn't come back. That's the only possibility in their teeny tiny little brains. Do women tell their body count? Well, here's the reason why people wouldn't tell their real body count, because of judgmental asshats like y'all who will be like, oh, well, why didn't the guys come back for you or whatever? Or he'll sit there and make you feel like you're less of a person because you dared want to have fun in your early 20s or late 20s or early 30s or whenever you decided to have your fun. That's why they lie about it, because y'all shame them for it. Y'all make them feel like they're less of a people for it while hypocritically going out and banging the world, or at least trying to. Y'all probably have plenty of people who didn't come back because they realized all y'all are free pump chops. What a dumb equation. Divide by one doesn't mean anything. Oh, you make a lot of money, so you ostracize a lot of men. Who the hell cares how much money she makes? That's the thing. You, they feel threatened. Again, these guys feel threatened. These so-called alpha males feel threatened because if they know that the woman that they're with makes more money than them, has more money than them, then they know that they can feel free to leave them, that they can't control them. That's why they don't like OnlyFans. Like, these a woman could have an OnlyFans and only do like things with herself and they would still reject her. She could be like a virgin with an OnlyFans and only do things with herself and only show herself like naked on OnlyFans and that be it. And they would reject her. Why? Because they would they wouldn't like the fact that she would be self sufficient and have her own money. Because they don't they wouldn't be able to control her. Because that's the only way these so-called alphas, there's no such thing as an alpha, that's the only way these so-called alphas can keep a hold of any woman. Oh, he's absolutely right. Well, it says the guy who couldn't keep his wife because he's uh, toxic and abusive, if you've seen that video. And that's what I was talking about earlier with the whole forcing her to feed the pets the medicine while she's pregnant. Again, that's a bunch of BS. One more thing about that alpha male thing. Somebody else had given me a, a link. Uh, let's let's go ahead and sh if I can pull this up about alphas, because they all they all base their whole ideas on wolves. Wolves. That's how they base their whole thing. ScienceNorway.no. Wolf packs don't actually have alpha males and alpha females. The idea is based on a misunderstanding. The researcher who introduced this term tried to clear the confusion up two decades, decades ago, but the myth still lives on. Monday, 26th of April, 2021. Sure, except. You may have heard that a wolf pack is led by an alpha pair. Given this designation, it's even imagined that a pack consists of young adults and older animals, blah, blah, blah. 
on the How Stuff Works website, for example, you can read that the wolves follow an incredibly sophisticated group hierarchy, blah, blah, blah. In reality, wolf packs are usually much less complicated. Um, doesn't work for wolves in the wild. Calling wolves alpha and beta animals comes from research on wolves in captivity, says Barbara Zimmerman, no relation. Zimmerman, there's two ends there. Zimmerman is a professor in Inland Norway University of Applied Sciences. The leader is called the alpha male. There has been several rank levels, beta, gamma, and so on, but it's not a concept that works for wolves in the wild. Most packs simply consist of two parents and their puppies. The group may also include one or two three-year-old offspring that have not yet headed out on their own. The adults are simply in charge because they're the parents of the rest of the pack. We don't talk about the alpha male, the female, the beta child, and the human family, Zimmerman said. Battle for leadership in captivity. So how does the idea of the alpha wolf came out is because they're in captivity, and in captivity, they want the leadership. So there you go. It's all about being in captivity, which kind of explains why they would want to use the idea of alpha males, alpha males and so whatsoever in their, in their conversations and in their ideas because that's what they want. They don't want freedom. They want people in captivity. They want their women to be in captivity. They want their women captive to them because it's the only way they can keep them because they have no other redeeming qualities whatsoever. They want them stuck. And once they realize they're stuck, they want them to have no way to get out. They want them uneducated. They want them to have no money of their own. They want them to have no ability to have them. They want them to not be able to go out with their friends. They want them to have no male friends. All they want them to do is to, to be walking around silently and just have sex with them whenever they want. You know, live in the toxic alpha male dream, I suppose. Anyway, what do you think? Agree, disagree? Comment down below. Remember to like the video, share it with your friends, and subscribe to the channel. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Yeah, anyway, so let's just go ahead and we're going to um, we're gonna call it an end here, I suppose. I think this is enough for today. I only had lunch today, so I might want to go eat a little something, nibble on, nibble on something a little bit. So um, this will be the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio, talk, or the end of today's episode of Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. Uh I will not be on NerdyDan.com uh, on Twitch tomorrow. There's a Saints game tomorrow. That's why I did the stream yesterday. Um, but I will be back Monday here, Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, right, same bat time, same bat channel. Remember to you know, go like my videos, interact with them, help feed the algorithms, share the videos, tell all of your friends to go out and to my channel because I'm really trying to get to a thousand. I would love to get there maybe by the end of the year. Knock on wood. Till next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.